What can you launch that people are fucking begging you for? What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy, Cherry, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. It is round four of answering your questions. Today, we have questions about why the hell are you YouTube and how do you guys do it for yourself? Two, should we be doing community? And three, I've launched a few seven-figure companies. What are the secrets? There are no secrets, but I'll tell you exactly what I did. You're going to hear about that, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Enjoy. Question number one from Kevin Markham. What's the long game you're playing by investing so much into YouTube? Is it just to build your personal brand? Is it to help your furniture, aka future business ventures, be more successful or something else? Kevin, damn, dude, you're just hitting where it hurts, man. You, you sound like my mother. Noah, why do you want to be on YouTube? It's, I don't understand why you have to share this stuff. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot in there. I would say in the simplest form, it's fun. I know in business, there's like strategy. And there's layers and levels and long and short games. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I just follow my curiosity and I enjoy making content like this podcast. I don't even get paid for this. I'm in a room by myself. Help me. No, and I just love it, man. I love marketing. So let's just start with that. I love figuring out how to get things out to people that I think are good. Two, I love connecting. So Kevin, now we're kind of connected. And the people who listen to this podcast and the people that do the YouTube or the people that read okdork.com newsletter. I love the connection part. Three. I like sharing, right? So I like that I'm going out, like literally kind of my job is to promote other people. It's the same thing we do at AppSumo.com. So I just love it. I've been doing it for free for 20 years. 22 years I've been doing this for free. That's what old people say. Like 22 years, I was four-time state champion in water polo. I wasn't. Who plays water polo, by the way? That's such a weird sport. So just on part one, with any of the things that you're choosing, just like, would you do it for free? I think that's a great question to just really ask yourself. Like, if everyone went away, I would still be putting out content. <laughs> I'd still be out there like, someone, sub like and follow, subscribe. <laughs> All right, but now let's go into your actual question. So one, find the things you just enjoy doing and go for. It doesn't always have to be multiple layers of depth or super strategic things. And that's what I, I always said the same thing for many years. It's interesting that the richest people on earth are still working. And a lot of it is because they're egomaniacs. But really, it's probably because they enjoy it right? They really enjoy it. They're like, hey, I enjoy seeing how far I can take this game. So in terms of investing in YouTube, if you look at it from a business perspective, this year, I think we'll lose around $100,000 or $200,000, depending on how ads do and sponsorships and, and so forth. So it's an investment. It's not necessarily just a cost. So what do we get for that? 20 to 30% of the audience at AppSumo.com, the main business uh, I help run, come from me, which just sounds weird to say, but they, they hear about me and they're like, oh, cool. I kind of like Noah. And so that is how valuable is 20 or 30% of the revenue in AppSumo? I don't know, 20, $30 million. So straight up right there, it's just, if you look at it from an investment standpoint, like it's pretty good to go out there and build my brand. Two, I'm actually just pretty good at it. Like I'm not, not bragging, but I like, I like it. I'm not at the level where I, get, I still get pretty self-conscious, but I'm at a level where I'm like, I don't mind promoting myself. I think I've gotten more confident with that over many years of doing it. But I think that does help, right? If you think about a lot of major brands like Steve Jobs was Apple, Elon Musk. Jeff Bezos. And I think them building up their personal brand has helped the company. I think Zuckerberg is not. I actually think they need to change CEOs, man. Like everyone hates him. It's kind of, it makes me happy. In terms of building a personal brand, I don't go out to build a personal brand. I just go out to be myself. So if you meet me at a rodeo, I met this guy recently at a rodeo. I met a guy getting a burger at Pete Terry's in Austin. I hope you're like, well, he's pretty much same I expected. The brand is just me being me. And so where I don't think if I'm candid with you, and I'll talk to you about your own strategies of thinking about this, 
I don't think I do a good job actually promoting my business stuff through my personal brand, right? Through YouTube, through the okdork.com mail email list, which you guys should if you're doing a brand or you're trying to build anything if you don't or you don't have anything and you want something, definitely get an email list. Use sendfox.com or Mailchimp. 100% do that. And we can talk about that in a further question. So, I don't think what I'm doing is as people hear about Noah, if you go and actually watch a lot of my content on YouTube or now on tiktok.com at Noah Kagan, like that plug, you got a plug. I don't actually promote AppSumo very often. Even this podcast, check out the podcast. It's like, yeah, check out AppSumo, whatever. And I don't know if it's, I'm embarrassed. I don't know if it's, I'm too proud of it. I don't know if I don't want to be salesy, but it is something I'm, we're working on. Mitchell on our team, we're going to start integrating a little bit more AppSumo into directly into the business. But I think ultimately me building up an audience, helping people, sharing things, having fun with it and building up a larger amount of people will ultimately spill over into the AppSumo ecosystem. There's two considerations here for everyone out there. So one, if you don't have a business and you're like, hey, I kind of want to do this, like, I don't know, I would like to put myself out there, but I don't have a business. That's great. So start doing that now so that if you ever have a business or want a business, you don't have to go out and hunt then. You've been farming for a long time. So I think that's a great thing to do for anyone. And you don't have to be in front of the screen. Jeremy, the producer of the show, does backstage careers. So that's his podcast, Backstage Careers. You could be behind the scenes doing this stuff. So that's okay. And then secondly, if you have a business, I can't tell you how many times on YouTube, <laughs> like, how do you do this in your house? How do you do this dishwasher thing? How do you do the shoe thing? And so I think almost every business out there, even local businesses and small businesses and large businesses and offline, all this stuff can benefit from having an online brand outside of Yelp or Google reviews, where if you put your content out there, that is a new, really cheap, I will say it's probably one of the cheapest, it's all relative, but one of the cheapest ways you can go to build up a, a large ass audience. It's funny how you had like kind of a simple question about asking my intentions, and I, I think I made it really clear. But yeah, that was, it's definitely, there's a lot of layers to it. And uh, I wish you luck on that journey. I hope, you know, find the things you want to do for the next 10 years and go do that. Question dose, Jesse Haywood a member of the Underdog Slack group. If you guys aren't in the Underdog Slack group, it's a free group of people that are in our community. It's free. We don't sell anything. I'm not a, I don't have a master or a mind. Uh, it's okdork.com slash underdogs, I'm pretty sure. Let me double check that, underdogs. And you can go join for free. They're pretty strict about who let, they let in. They barely let me in, which is a good sign. But okdork.com slash underdogs. So he had a question. Uh, Hi, Noah. Why is community building important? Oh, shit, I didn't even see the question. And what is your strategy for community building? Why is community building important? Because we're on a freaking planet in the middle of the space floating around and it's much cooler to do it with other people. That's it. It's not much more than that. It's that it's life is so much more enjoyable by the people we have around. Like I had a, this morning, I did a course and it's because my buddy Joe is really, you know, introspective and he found this course and he recommended it and I found it really helpful too. Or I have a friend Neville who is just really fluid with life and he's really happy-go-lucky and he's really, you know, organic and how like, oh, yeah, let's just do it. And he's enjoying it. And I'm like, oh, I would like to learn that too. Even further with that, it's like, why do I even stay in Austin, Texas? Like there's other cities that have better weather, more amenities, a lot of things that I prefer. But my community is in Austin, right? I have Neville, Ian, Dan, you know, Chad, Eamon. There's just like all the, all the people I love are here. You know, my family's not, not here, but they're close, kind of close in New Mexico. Point being, it's just that this is where the people are. So the community at the end of the day is, is just so valuable, but not even from a business perspective, but just from a like life enjoyment perspective. And so it is, if you don't have that community, see where you can find it online. When I moved to Austin in 2008, the, for the first time, I've lived here twice, I felt really lonely. I was living in a room, I'm like this guy Phil, I was like, I was like sleeping on the floor basically on his shitty mattress. And like, I didn't have any friends here and it was, it was just shitty. And I just felt very lonely. And 
uh, I ended up eventually going back to the Bay and it felt much more at home there with like a Boris and Marty and Brian and, and you know, some of my family are there. So go build a community, find a community, create a community, whatever that is. Cause I think that makes life better. And so what is my strategy for community building? I think the easiest thing for community building is kind of twofold. Do it one by one in the beginning, right? So obviously you have to have something to build a community around, right? Is it mountain biking? So like every Tuesday night, I do a thing called crank and drink where we go crank pedals and we drank some beers. So find something unique and interesting that you want to have meet other people around. Step one. Step two, one by one, just go find one other person. I think when people think community, they always think of a quantity and it's really a quality. Like, would you go to dinner with three great quality people or 300 shitty ones? You're like, no, dude, those three hella good ones. That's all I want. So just focus on one by one. You don't need a lot. And then I think the second thing that's important for community, it's a two-parter, but it's one, set the standards of what the community is about. Here's how we behave. So, and there's important to set the standard is that the other part of number two is find someone to run the community so you can not be the linchpin or I don't even know what that means, but the bottleneck of the community. So for the underdogs community, there's like Dieter, Ashley, Jans, RJ, and they help facilitate it. So there's kind of clear rules. That's like, it's got to be for people who are hustling. It's for people who are starting. It's for underdogs. It's people with good attitudes that want to help each other. And I've disassociated myself, not negatively, but I don't want to be the ones that everyone's, you don't want to build them. And this is my perspective. I don't want them to build a community around me. I want them to build a community around themselves. I help facilitate it. I'm not the guru. I'm just like, yeah, I've got experiences and expertise and I'm here to help y'all be successful with that. I do think from a business perspective, I think community is one of the advantages that you can have in the future, especially because communication is getting throttled through Gmail and all the ways you want to talk to your audience is through providers. So you actually generally don't have direct access. But I do believe if you create community, what you're really getting is daily active users or daily people coming to you, engaging. So when you want to communicate and talk with them, you're not reliant or dependent like, oh my God, I hope my email goes through today. Like my okdork.com email went to spam. Gmail fucked me. And so it's just, you know, having the community there where everyone's on Slack, it's real time and it's easier. Or you can use circle.so, whatever tool you want to use and then get people to to start thinking like, all right, I want to need mountain biking. I'm going to do that. Or I need, uh, you know, business stuff. I'm going to do that. And I I do think for businesses, it's uh, it's a good thing to invest in for the future. I invested in circle.so straight up because I I was like, yo, every, every company should be having this. Question three, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Noah, you launched several seven-figure companies. Any tips, hacks, or advice for pulling off a successful product launch that leads to hitting seven figures? The easiest way to hit seven figures is if you already have a seven-figure business. (laughs) It's kind of funny how that is, but that is true, right? It's like a, a momentum, right? If the ball is rolling, then rolling another ball with that, it makes it even go faster. So let's take a step back on that question. They didn't all launch at seven figures, to be clear. I don't do big launches. I'm not a, uh, I know there's like Jeff Walker or some of these other internet marketers. I don't, I'm not recommending any of them, but I don't do this big launch thing on like there's a window to buy and then you get a free TV or some shit like that. Uh, But I do think you should launch something. And what I mean by that is what can you launch that people are fucking begging you for? And that makes it much easier to have a seven figure business. So let me walk through a few of my examples that I think will, will give you some advice. So the first seven figure company I had was... Was it Kickflip? No, it was Gambit. So Kickflip was Facebook games, and I, I launched some Facebook shitty games. I think I ended up making a few hundred thousand a year, but it wasn't seven figures. But instantly, those games were popular. Instantly, all these annoying people were using it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the next business, we launched payments for those games. And pretty much immediately, we were able to be like, holy shit, we did 30 million in revenue our first year, something fucking bonkers in a GMV process revenue through, through Gambit. So I think one is that look for big waves of audiences or leverage the, the thing you already have. 
it's not necessarily about the launch. It's like when you've launched the thing, when you've actually said, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing a cookie business or I'm doing a payments business or after my payments business, I quit and then I launched AppSumo and it was like literally AppSumo did $3 million year two. Like that's fast, bootstrapped. I mean, not a lot of people. And also to be clear, a $3 million revenue is not as good as $3 million profit. <laughs> um, but the businesses that I've subsequently launched from there, uh, Sumo.com hit six and a half million briefcase hit 1.5 million i don't even know some of these other ones i've done it's not in a braggy way i'm just like i don't know what other ones have we done send fox tidy cal the absolute originals are million dollar business units i think maybe if i had a to boil it down to, to fundamentals to think about in these two instances one would be like how can you leverage what you already have right so if you're trying to do something seven figures like do you already have an audience do you already have something that that you can launch with it so i think you can boil it down to a few different things which is one i don't try to make seven figures day one I do think it takes probably a few years to hit seven figures. Number two, really look to see how the demand is looking immediately when you've launched something. Because I, I think people spend way too long creating businesses, services, content that no one's watching, and they're not iterating on it. Three, how do you leverage or how do you springboard off what you already have? It's so much easier to create a larger business. Oh, we also did monthly 1K. That was a seven-figure business unit. So how can you leverage what you already have? As you're growing, so one thing to think about, Jim, is that let's say you have a four-figure business, which is great. I think anybody being at a fucking dollar is awesome, straight up. Think about your opportunity cost. And so what I mean by that is that it has to be seven-figure opportunities. So as you're a four-figure business, if you're not doing five-figure opportunities, you're wasting your time. You're going to stay at four figures. So for us at AppSumo, a lot of our activities now, it's like, is this an eight-figure opportunity? Is this a seven-figure opportunity? Is this a nine-figure opportunity? And if you're not doing that, you're going to stay whatever size you are, which honestly is not bad. And lastly, I do think instead of caring about a seven-figure launch, like who really gives a shit about that? Like that's really the ego. I'm not saying for you. I'm just saying even for me, like when I finally had a million, I was like, ah, dad, I did a million dollars. He's like, I don't give a shit. I was like, I thought we get like extra awards that day. We didn't. But really it's figuring out, you know, am I creating a business that people really want, which is what you need to find out right away, and then map out a very clear goal of what you want within the year and work backwards from that. The last thing uh, I want to talk about in terms of scaling to seven figures, and there, dude, this is a, like literally essays and we could talk about this for hours, is how are you hiring people to get to that? I had a guy message me on Instagram, Devin, and he said, hey man, I'm making $2 million a year, but I've got freelancers. I want to scale. And I was like, one, that's awesome. Dude, give yourself props. I think some of us are like, oh, you know, it's like, dude, $2 million a year and you got freelancers and all this stuff. That's hell yeah. The thing I was getting him to consider though, he's like, I want to get 20 or 30 employees. I'm like, why? It's so much better to have contractors and freelancers. It's like AWS. You can scale it up and down. Again, it's like that made no sense. But what I would encourage him to do, and this is what I thought about at AppSumo, which has helped us get to the size that we're at, is what's the main bottleneck that will change the trajectory of your business? So when I started AppSumo, the main bottleneck was I can only get so many deals because it's just me. And I was doing the marketing and the support and the engineering and all that other stuff. And so if I could get someone else to do deals, then we'd have more deals, we'd grow the business. And so then you just kind of want to keep going through that list of like, what is holding us back from 10Xing? Or what's the biggest bottleneck from us growing faster right now? And then solve that. And from there, it's not how many people you need. It's just like solve that problem and then you go to the next one. And that is how you get to seven, eight figures. And then finally, you do have to also make sure you have a seven or eight figure, nine figure business opportunity. We call it TAM, a total addressable market, which is how many people are available to buy your product or business because some of them are just not going to make it to that size. So I do think that's something to consider when you start or as you iterate your business, like are you iterating to the space that has a larger amount of people or a, large, or, or a small amount of people willing to pay a lot of money? Some of the product, like I do think in my future business life, like it'll be on AppSumo. I just see a lot of really like eight, nine, 10 figure businesses because they're selling like $500 products. So there's just something to consider in that. That's a, that's a whole nother pricing thing, which we'll get into in a future episode.
hope uh, this helped you guys. I love making, I love doing these Q and A things. It's kind of interesting for me to reflect on a lot of different business stuff and, and give you guys my suggestions and experiences. If you want more stuff like this, send me questions on Instagram at Noah Kagan or at Twitter. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, man, let's go join a community together. Uh, make sure to check out AppSumo.com if you are not on the mailing list. We send out awesome deals on products. That's AppSumo.com. Thank you to Jeremy, Mitchell, George, Sasa, Cam, Nikki, Jen, and all the Dork team, as well as Jason from PodcastTech.com. Uh, thank you, Chad Boyda at AppSumo.com. I love you. 11 years together. Not sick of each other. And you're still great hair. Great hair, man. I mean, you feel like getting younger and we're still hungry. We're still fucking hungry. 